0: AFib, so I'm about five times more likely to have a stroke. Other symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, can come and go. But the risk of stroke stays. If you have symptoms, tell a doctor. Visit notimetowait.com.
1: Sponsored by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer.
2: It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's Sports Station. 92.9 FM ESPN.
3: Can you hear me whining? It's been
2: three
1: whole weeks since that I
4: am Welcome, welcome, welcome the to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. And We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright 929 espn Sitting over in the main studios, the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee, top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir.
5: Happy Halloween. I know you don't like Halloween, right? If I recall uh, correctly,
4: I'm not the biggest Halloween fan. I'm also not in the Camp of if you like Halloween, f you. Okay. All
5: right. Like if you're you agnostic, like, yeah, agnostic it, about it. Well, I, I I love Halloween, so Happy Halloween to everyone out there. Uh hope you're getting ready to go trick or treating tonight, or uh, a party, maybe watch a scary movie. I don't know. Enjoy. It's a good of all the made up holidays. Probably my favorite. Like you know what I mean? Like the kind of the you know we kind of made them up type of deals. Valentine's Day. Halloween. Where are we putting St. Patty's
4: Day? Because St. Patty's Day's well, way better. that's Irish. I
5: don't know. Yeah, St. Patty's Day's probably
4: up there. St. Patty's Day is way better because St. Patty's Day doesn't insist upon itself. <laughs> All the rest of them well, insist I would upon themselves. St.
5: Patrick's Day is better. It, like in the, in the, uh, well, especially when you're younger. I think in you know under forty, I you know like that twenty to forty range. St. Patrick's Day, like you know. A, 15-year-old or a 10-year-old doesn't like uh, St. Patrick's Day more than Halloween, I don't think.
4: I mean, that's fair. I do think that there is a drinking component to it, but my, my, my there's
5: biggest... There's also a good drinking component to Halloween.
4: Yeah, but there is more. There's more variety. There's a bigger buffet line at, ho- at Halloween, but the biggest thing about St. Patrick's Day is St. Patrick's mm. Day doesn't insist upon itself. That's what drives me insane about the rest of the Halloween. What, just because you have to wear a costume? It's just like you know like it, it, the people that are into it are too into it okay. and then like you know like how are you not into this? I I don't care that you're into this. Enjoy it. Like by all means. Um, and then the other holidays are just lose lose propositions for us. Well, like you can't win Valentine's Day. The best hope on Valentine's Day is a draw. You're not that's for the male.
5: Yes, for the men. Uh or the or the whoever's uh having to in the relationship having to host. Correct. Um but, nonetheless, you're not going to ruin Halloween for me. I love this. I'm not trying to. I know. So that's why we're going to move but on. But you're
2: doing the
4: Halloween thing. You're not going to ruin I didn't try to.
5: <laughs> uh, I can't wait to go trick-or-treating tonight. But it's Tell the Truth Tuesday. We told our truth about Halloween. We're going to tell the truth about the Grizzlies because I – we haven't. Re- I don't think we've reached intervention point yet. Not certainly not after just four losses. They did lose eight of nine last season, if you recall correctly.
4: I don't think you can reach intervention point until they start to get some of the people that were expected to be big rotation players. Yes, but we will we will tell some truths after
5: a fourth straight loss to start the season for the Grizzlies here in a second, and then Jeffrey it caught us by surprise. I know that I know so I know some people were saying this could be an active NFL trading deadline, like. But I feel like the last five years, we've been some some version of that rumor. Oh, it could be an active trade deadline 100% agree. comes up, and then the deadline comes, and you're like, oh, like a backup defensive lineman went to the Cowboys for a fourth round pick, and that was about it. Lo and behold, <laughs> all
4: we needed apparently was we just needed Josh Harris. Yes, been a very active uh, twelve hours or so for him. He must have not gotten the memo. NFL trade deadline, Josh. Is not NBA trade. Yeah, well, there's a fire sale with my
5: commanders, and oh, by the way, he's also the
4: owner of the Sixers
5: and pulled off the James Harden trade. Indeed. Uh, so we'll get to that and tell the truth. Get Ballmer uh, on the phone Tuesday. Tim Murray's going to join us at 2:40 or so from Veasan. We'll get into uh, college football. Him, the first college football uh, playoff rankings tonight are unva- they are unveiled tonight, Jeffrey. Um, we shall see what they th- some. Did you see Heather Dinich? Does not have, she, you know. Heather Dinich is kind of the one who I, I I know Heather from back in the day, and but now she kind of touts herself as like she's like the she's the Madame Joe playoff. Linardi of of college football playoff rankings, you know, like you know the, that that sort of deal. And she she's not saying Michigan won't be in the playoff if they go undefeated. She thinks when the rankings are unveiled tonight, though, that Michigan
4: won't be in the top four because of their strength of schedule to this point. You can talk me into that. You can talk me into because Washington has a better win. I mean, Washington's win against Oregon is going to be better. We're going to
5: find out quickly how much the eye test matters
4: to this this committee. I agree. I actually think normally I'm kind of like, whatever, because they'll, they'll justify however they want to justify it during the weeks. I'm curious to know. I care less about the top four, but I want to see how they're ranking, how they're separating some of these one-loss teams. I want to see if they're giving value to other leagues to set up potentially other big wins. I'm more curious about like what goes on beyond the top four. Because I do think like this can be, this could be a year where if indeed the chaos theory is possible, mm-hmm. like I, I think trying to figure out how they will sort it out is interesting to me.
5: Yeah. So we'll get into that with Tim Murray. We also, uh, on the Michigan front have, uh, some, uh, New allegations um, involving potential uh, Connor Stallions wearing uh, the uh, outfit of another team <laughs> during a Michigan State game on the si- on the opposing sideline. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into that in the list. Also, World Series, Texas Rangers took a 2-1 series lead with a 3-1. Uh, Max Scherzer throws back the uh, hands of time to deliver a-, a gem. Yeah, and then, of course, gets hurt. Which was perfect.
4: <laughs> yes.
5: Um <laughs> a three inning gem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> By Max Scherzer. Now he
4: did take a line drive. Like, it, it it wasn't like a he took a line drive. It was it was kind of unlucky. Yes. Uh but uh so big game four tonight
5: um in uh Phoenix. Are the Rangers
4: gonna set a record for most road wins?
5: They've won nine nine straight now. <laughs> <laughs> in the in the playoffs. That's uh kind of wild. Um and then uh yeah, we'll wrap things up, maybe talk some NFL uh as well. But uh because Jeffrey, apparently the trade deadline's still ongoing,
4: right? Yeah, we still have uh fifty-two minutes and thirty-two seconds. This is just do you, do you well we'll get into it. We she, Schefter's got I can at least see one phone handy on the desk. Goodell must be very excited
5: about this, that he's he's finally created a trade deadline day that matters. Well, I think Goodell's
4: showing the NBA who's boss. <laughs> yeah, you think we, this little, cute little Harden deal is going to ruin my day? <laughs> Get Josh Harris on the phone. He's not done making deals. All right, well,
5: let's start uh, with a team that, you know, maybe needs to make a deal at some point this season, the Memphis Grizzlies, <laughs> I don't know. Um, they dropped to 0-4 last night, lose to the Dallas Mavericks, and it was... You know, I, I, it was the type of game where any time the Grizzlies got close, it was like the Mavericks just went, okay, we're the better team here. And, like, Luca would make a play or someone would hit a three. And, uh, you know, they, again, the Grizzlies, it felt like wasn't for lack of effort. And for the first time, the top three in the rotation, Bain Jackson and Smart all played well together at the same time. Only problem was they got a little bit early from Roddy, but that was it. Like, like that's pretty – and, like, you, know, you know, even Zaire, like, points-wise, we didn't. you didn't get much from Zaire last night. Um, and so it was tough sledding against the Dallas
4: Mavericks, even though Dallas was without Kyrie Irving. No, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's like you'd watch the Grizzlies mount this furious comeback, cut it to four, and then you'd blink and they were down ten again. Yeah. Like, that's just what it felt like for the entire second half.
5: Yeah, and, uh, I, again, I don't know. You know, like, ultimately, we'll see. Hopefully, you know, I saw Luke Kennard at shoot-around yesterday, and my hope is I think he's back first, and I think it might be maybe as soon as tomorrow night. I think maybe here in an – are get a good indication here in, like, three hours. If he's listed as any as, like, questionable on that injury report, I bet he comes back. Tomorrow night.
4: All right, so I'll start with first tell the truth. Uh, First, on those same lines on the injury front, the Grizzlies should never have said Santi Aldama was (laughs) day-to-day.
5: Yeah, it was a fragile time in the post-Adams-like situation. And, yeah, no, now, because, like, we're going to – it's ultimately going to be at least two weeks. First off, here's the other thing.
4: I don't understand this. I don't understand this with injuries, we got to protect the player, player, player. First off, if you just announced that he's going to be out two to three weeks and he comes back before that, everyone goes, all right, yeah. 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 All right, he's coming back sooner than we expected. Yes. I, I don't understand. But the problem is when you sit or there Or just like and-
5: go like, if you're uncertain, like just go like, we'll update it in a week.
4: But when you say day-to-day. Yeah. And then really what you meant is uh, – Well, I
5: mean, I'm – I'm willing. I maybe they thought it was going to be day to day. Like, but like, you know, here's my deal.
4: Life is about expectations. Yeah, yeah,
5: no, I know. It was a fragile time. They should. They should have. Yeah, they should have been more. If you just
4: say he's out two weeks and he comes back sooner, guess what? Nobody goes. How dare you? I say, how dare you, sir? You told me two weeks, and he's back. They could have been. They could have been more strategic. They
5: could have been more strategic with the designation.
4: That like to me like that's where it starts. (laughs) <laughs> that's where every, though. That's that's Correct. the root of
5: the problem. I don't. Know. It's like, um, but <sighs> the reality was, you saw it again last night. They just right now they don't have enough dudes. Like they got their their starting lineup is fine. Like it's not as you know it's not what it'll be when Ja comes back. But it's fine. Like they
4: they were competitive against Dallas when the starters were in there. If not a little bit better at times the first and fourth quarter scorings. So if you do point margin, I'm not saying total points, but just Mm -hmm. point margin, because that's in the end, you're playing a scoreboard. Mm -hmm. Until last night, they were still positive in the first quarter. Now they're like negative .3. That's 18th -hmm. in the league. So it's slightly below average, but that's fine. The fourth quarter scoring, which also is highlighted sometimes by they've been down and they've been trying to come back. But it's the only quarter where they're positive. Yeah. Three... Three, three, like it's three points per game in the plus. That's fifth in the league. The problem, and it's so obvious because right when you watch it, I feel like it's been the same script almost every single game. First quarter looks fine. Mm-hmm. Some first quarters have looked a little better, but overall, you've not left the first quarter thinking they're about to just get trounced mm-hmm. until you start to realize who's coming in in the second quarter. Yeah. The second quarter scoring. Per game, they are getting outscored by nine points in the second quarter. That is dead last in the league. Uh,
5: something that occurred to me while watching that game last uh, last night, watching it on DVR, is right now, and I you know it's it, it, this this is a matter of circumstance because of the injuries to Santi Aldama and Luke Kennard in particular, and then obviously the suspension to John Morant. But right now, it's like every lineup has at least. One of either Jaron Jackson Jr., Marcus Smart, or Desmond Bain on the court. Like, yeah. it, there's at least one of those guys on the court at all times, pretty much. There was a game. There was a moment in the Washington game where there wasn't. There, they, Jenkins tried to steal a few minutes um, because of the back-to-back and everything. And I don't know if it's possible to do this. And also,
4: I think for the sake of your argument, can we agree if it is a a back-to-back night, like we're gonna be a little We'll ease the restrictions. But last night was, you had had an off day. Everyone was back ready to go. But when you
5: watch these games, to me, they need to get to a place where they are able to, based on personnel, to have two of Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Marcus Smart on the court at all times. Like, I don't, like, maybe right now they can't do that, but. It looks to me like a like those minutes when they only have one of those guys on the floor, and frankly, particularly, it's the end of right now, the way he's done the rotation so far. Jaron plays the whole first quarter, basically, if he can, with fouls. He plays like a, like he's out there. Feels like Jaron is out there by himself. When the lineups I notice that can't do anything offensively are the ones where Jaron is out there as the only one of the three. And it's not like Jaron's fault. I think they need to get to a place, and hopefully it's with the return of Kennard and Santi, where you can run rotations where you're not have playing so many minutes with just one of those guys on the floor. Because um, he, he's doing, a, and I think it's the right thing to do, he's not like pushing Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, and Jaron Jackson Jr.'s minutes like up a bunch early in the season to compensate for this. They're up a little bit. You know, they have to be. But he could, you know, he could be playing them more. And, like, I think it's the right thing not to do that. It's so early in the season. You're not that desperate where you want to, like, risk running them, you know, having them not at their best potentially at the end of the year if you're revving them up too soon. Um, but it's a complicated position the team the team has put itself in.
4: Yeah, I on that last <clears throat> point, so there's a couple of things that I was thinking about for tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll say this. This is a tell the truth to fans, us, everyone. We should have known better when they told us their offensive game plan was, we're just going to go fast. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes when you say we're just going to go fast, what that really means is we can't run our actual offense and we're trying to go fast to get better shots. It's, it's like why teams run tempo. You're mm-hmm. not necessarily running tempo because you're trying to run the most complicated plays. You're just trying to go fast and get people out of position so that you mm-hmm. can move the ball. It's the same thing in basketball. You're trying to go fast so that you can get easier shots. And I think that's actually one of the competing factors, though, because when I look at the, everything that you just mentioned about lineups, minutes, everything— I think the Grizzlies have to accept the reality of the situation right now. And the reality of the situation is, how many guys can you actually trust to play right now? Because I do agree with you to a certain degree. Like, if you're going to... No, I don't think you can do it right
5: now. That's the problem. It's like, the problem they're running into is they don't have enough guys to where they can actually... You know, like, they can... It's a tough situation they're in. That's just the reality. And... um, I just see those minutes when only one of those guys is on the court. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough to be, you know, it's tough to be a plus team in an NBA environment with those types of lineups. When it's like, when it's Derrick Rose, uh, Roddy, Laravia, um, who am I missing? Like, Jaron and then uh, Conchar. Like, it's it's tough to be a plus team in the NBA with that kind of lineup. I'm sorry. It just is.
4: Yeah, We're I mean, watching it play out. I mean, that's the thing. It's like part of this is I don't want to sit there and hit the panic button until I see what they look like with Santi and with Santi and with uh, Luke. At the same time, Like those are not plus defenders. And it seems to me, at least with Taylor Jenkins' frustration, mm-hmm. it seems to me that it's on the defensive end. Although last night to me it was pretty simple, like you, like you just didn't have the firepower. You could not keep up. Now, yeah.
5: I guess he would make it twenty some odd threes. You, You're would, not gonna win any NBA. Game. You're yeah. not gonna win very many NBA games. Well, and I, I also against a team that's making twenty some odd threes. Twenty three, I think. I think they were twenty three of forty seven, and of, almost set the record for a team against the Grizzlies. I want to say
4: of their, of their forty seven threes, thirty four were either open or wide open. Right. and they shot over 40 percent of this.
5: No, and like, you know, second half they couldn't play Laravia cuz they he couldn't guard anyone on the court. Right. Um and you know, he played like seven eight guys in the second half essentially. <laughs> I mean, it was uh it was it was a it was not a great look. Um but it's now they go out west and um they'll get some we know they're going to get Bismack Biombo at some point on this trip. You know, I don't know if he'll play right away, but I would assume you know maybe he misses the first the first game he's eligible for so he gets up to speed but at the same time like you know they're in a situation and I, they I need bodies yeah I wouldn't mind you know maybe plays right away um, and then you know I think I'm hopeful Luke Kennard's coming back soon and maybe by the end of the trip you have Santi uh, and then you know my hope is maybe you know if they come back winless from this road trip where they play at Utah tomorrow night and then two games in portland friday mm. and sunday if they come back for the home they have a home game against the miami heat i believe a week yes. from today um if they come back winless still i will be you know it will be colored by like it, who's back but it will be i mean they'd be if you were 0 7 that'd be you know that'd be concerning at that point that be cuz that's like a hole that's a legitimate hole that you have dug yourself. You already kind. Of, you're like got a mini one right now. Seven would be and and seven losing to two teams that are not considered good at all.
4: This season. oh yeah for sure. And then you think of it in these terms. Okay, that means you still have 18 games to play before Ja comes back. And if you're 0 and seven, is it realistic to expect more than nine and nine? Or and I don't expect them
5: to be 0 and seven. I think they're going to win at least one game on this road trip. I hope it's
4: two. They're I, gonna win at least one. I hope you're correct. I'm still not convinced. Like I know, I know signs were positive. They're winning for, one
5: of those Portland. I games. know
4: signs were positive for Luke coming back. But like, if they got swept by Portland, that'd be like,
5: that'd be a little. That'd be the first time. That'd be that'd be a real blow. The first real blow. If you went out, if you go out west and you know come back winless, and that would include getting swept by Portland. That, you know, that'd be, that'd be a gut punch.
4: I'm not saying it's the end of the season or anything I like will that. Say It'd the, be a gut punch, though. The one good thing about Portland is Portland's deficiency has also been the Grizzlies' deficiency, and I think it's more of a deficiency. Mm. Portland has, in their, in their four games thus far, they've only cracked 100 points once. Well, I'm going to give you two truths here that really, I think, sum this all up. Because I think
5: when you really look at this, it, it factors on two... Like people or entities, it's the it's John Morant and the Grizzlies front office. When we're really looking, we're looking for some hard truths coming out of this start to the season. It's one like I think Jason and John were talking about this 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 afternoon, this morning, or right before us. Um, You know, like John Morant, like this is this is probably the biggest part of his punishment at this point now. Like watching the Grizzlies struggle without him. Like, that probably, I would guess, that hurts him more than anything else he's had to deal with during all of this. Like, this is, I think, pro- I would hope, uh, really has, adding yeah. perspective to what he is, the situation he has put himself into. It has to be. It has to be Watching even,
4: this play out now, this painful kind of display. As if there weren't enough embarrassing things. Like, this feels embarrassing. Not embarrassing No, at but, this like, point. in the sense, like, you realize, like. You realize, like.
5: We we we'd be at least two and two if I was playing. You no, know, I like, guess you can maybe. make I'm the argument that it's validating. Well, it's. I think in the long run, it'll probably be good. Right now, it is painful. I would hope you know this is part of him like maturing and understanding like again like what he's done to his career over the last eighteen months or so and and making the necessary
4: fixes. Like, I I would hope that, like, hopefully this is part of it. Like, the hope would be that this is motivating of, like, I can't let this crap happen again. Yeah,
5: like, this can't, you know, like, like, do I really want to put myself through this again, having to watch this play out, and knowing, like, it's partly my fault. Yeah. Like, like, a decent chunk of it is my fault. Like, the fact that, the only reason I'm not out there is because of me. And, um, so there's that. And then I also think, You know, I think, like, honestly, it feels like, in a way, the start to this season is penance for, I think, when we look back on it right now, the single, like, worst day of Zach Kleiman's career was that 2022 NBA draft, it appears. Uh, yeah, I think you
4: can make it's, that it's argument. It's starting
5: the yeah. book. I'm not, like, he's not a bad GM. Good GM. One youngest GM of the year in the NBA. He did a, fu- he's done a great job. All in all. He's also made some bad decisions over the last couple years. And none bigger, it appears, than the moves he made on the tw- the night of the 2022 NBA draft.
4: Yeah, the way that I think. And I it's, would... you're,
5: pay- you're kind of paying for
4: it right now. The Grizzlies are paying for their draft reaches. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it. The consensus opinion was Zaire was a reach. Mm-hmm. Roddy and Laravia were reaches. I find the Zaire move more
5: I I'm okay with it, even though uh, I think in the now that Adams got hurt, you can really kind of really look at it and go, Well, I don't know if we got the better end of that one.
4: No, I, I agree with you. In the end, when they made the draft pick with Zaire, because I'm not gonna be a hypocrite, I was at that point where the Grizzlies were I figured it was better off. you were better off swinging for the fences, and, and ultimately seeing if they you hit. did
5: a decent job identifying
4: Santi Aldama in that draft as well. That Correct. Same night. But if you look at if you look at when they were getting the reputation of of really finding people in the draft,
5: mm-hmm.
4: well, the hits have been guys that fell. Yeah. Brandon Clark fell. Mm-hmm. Desmond fell. Mm-hmm. The ones that when they've reached. Yeah, it's the ones that are costing him right now. And then, like along the same lines, like the last two I mean, off seasons, they've sent away more good players than they brought in. Yeah, no, and the 20- and, I, and I agree with your point. I think Marcus Smart right now has been kind of a hit. Oh yeah, I like I like I think in
5: I don't necessarily – like you make you have misses when you're they were they're searching for the wing. They were they've been searching for that wing. The Grizzlies perpetually have been searching I say, this is for a, that wing. Um, and they've had misses searching for it. Um,
4: it's like searching I, for the Holy Grail.
5: I think the smart move is a you know is going to turn out. We're going to look back on it as a, like a really good move. He looks good so far this year. Like these talk of him like somehow looking like physically like a step slow well, or agree. something. Like I don't see that right now. Uh, I see someone who right now through four or five games is you know, shooting the ball better than he does traditionally in his career. He's off to a good start. Um, quite frankly, on a new team. Um, I think that was a good move. But no, but like, you know, you traded up to get LaRavia. Um, you traded like a first-round pick to get LaRavia. Two first-round picks um, to move up to get him. And then – I thought they just traded – I thought that was like a swap. I mean, it was a swap. I, you trade – You. Tra- you I, I think they traded – I think they traded multiple picks. I'm not positive about that, but um, I should be. Um, nonetheless, um, and then they gave up, uh, D'Anthony Melton in the, uh, trade to go get David Roddy. Also, uh, RIP Danny Green. (laughs) That's right. And Danny Green. Pouring out for our boy. Um, so, I don't know. It's, uh, it was an unfortunate night and he's admitted it, you know, but you're paying. It's like, it's, it's funny no, They're and still like, paying and,
4: for it right now. And, like, that is the other thing of, like, you do want to be fair. Mm-hmm. Because I think maybe the larger question is whether or not this is the reality moving they traded, forward. Yeah, because, they traded
5: two first-round picks, but it was both. Remember, they had two in that draft. They had the yeah. 22 and 29. It ultimately was the player. It, would, it became Walker Kessler and Ty Ty Washington. Yeah. Um, you, and they did get a second-round pick back. Um, in the trade with Laravia,
4: but I think though this is the bigger question to me: is this a byproduct of poor identification, or is this the result of you now have three guys that you have to pay, um, and one of which is not I think on the it's floor. both.
5: I think it's like your plan, and I think in his head he was going, you know what? We've been really successful in the draft these last few years. And the best way to sign all these three guys to max deals. To stay cheap, yeah. And to stay cheap is to keep hitting on these draft picks. And I think that's what I say. But you realize it's, you know, ultimately, even being 50% on picks in the 20s is like a dang miracle. (laughs) I
4: think if you hit on one of four, I think that's a... Yeah, and
5: and that's what you're seeing play out.
4: I was thinking about this last night because on the Monday night game, they were talking about the job that the Rams have done. Or not the Rams, bigger part. uh, The Lions GM was with the Rams. Mm -hmm. He started as like a PR intern. They were talking about... Troy made the argument. He's like, you know, it is what Parcells said. Like, at the end of the day, more than football, it is a talent acquisition business. I would make the argument it's a talent identification and acquisition mm. business, but mm. it's the same it's the same point. And when you are going to be in the spot that the Grizzlies are in, when you have three guys that are going to be commanding most of the salary cap, like it does also show, and maybe this is the other reality. You're down another starter for the year. Like yeah. one of the one of the fill in spots cuz like Steven Adams is not cheap but 12 million for a veteran starter is not exactly breaking the bank. Mm-hmm. And that's a guy that you were counting on for a ton of production but this kind of goes to the same point. I do not know I do not understand how you could know all right, we didn't yeah. do the surgery and we it's it's but it's, it still could be
5: a possibility. Correct. If it was it, it was not a zero percent that, chance. That's that I, I said it earlier, but that's where you know this offseason made a great move getting Marcus Smart. But where you look you look back and go, you made a mistake is like you should have had another big man on this roster. You could have maybe had someone better than Bismack Biombo.
4: Well, and the other aspect of it is in terms of big men, like that's if you're trying to get a true center. That's more reasonable to get than to try and hit on a wing. And they could, like, look, we'll see what they, they have up their sleeve. Because I, I, I this is going to be my last tell the truth on the Grizzlies. Yeah. Mark, I don't know if that big move that we're talking about. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you make it. Because let's look at it now. You have draft capital, but you only mm-hmm. have your picks. Yeah. What we have seen recently in moves is that draft capital is not desired in terms of getting replacement player like in terms of improving your roster well if you're putting your guys on the market like who uh, the guys that the guys that people want you don't want to give up but like what is laravia's value what is roddy's value
5: no the, honestly the big question is what is what is clark and steven adams value i think with that's injuries? probably fair and specifically clark i think clark is the one thing he's on a better more friendly contract he's on a decent contract he's Younger. Young. And – but what is his value coming off of an
4: Achilles – like being out with an Achilles injury? I don't know. Well, and then you have the other aspect of it. What – I mean, the Grizzlies are not going to have leverage here. Everybody knows that, like – And
5: you want to, you know, like – I mean, ultimately, they, you know, they made some – they also made some bets on how they, you know, use their money. You couldn't predict Brandon Clark was going to get, you know, injured half – you know, t- tear an Achilles. It's always on the table, a major injury like that. But when you signed him to that extension – you know, like you weren't expecting him to essentially for a year and a half I mean, of what, what, that 40-year deal, a year and a half, he's going to be out potentially.
4: I mean, Brandon Brandon was, what, 26? Yeah, he was a little older for his draft. Yeah, 20, yeah 20, but 20. like, it's not like – It seemed like a reasonable deal at the time. He was coming off a great playoff but also, run. I, I, this is where I'm giving them credit. Like, giving – I would imagine if you did the bell curve of people with Achilles injuries – Mm-hmm. 26 is not, like, a, a warning zone.
5: Yeah. No, there's nothing you can do about it. You, It's just, you know, ultimately, some moves work out, some moves don't. And, like, some of them are in your control. Some of them are out of your control. And it does feel like after catching a lot of breaks almost, in a way, the first few years, it feels like the the, the luck has kind of reversed on them a little bit. Uh, certain, like, it just – Yeah. Doesn't it? Like, a, in a, like the reality he, is it felt like this thing – this was like a train that was, like, unstoppable for a while. It felt like they just kept progressing up and up and up that hill. They weren't at the top of it, but they, it just felt like continually moving in the right direction. And it feels like, honestly, for a good almost year now, it's been the opposite. It's like every – it doesn't feel like we can get it. You can get any traction here. Um, and and this is certainly the lowest point in a while right now.
4: No, I mean, I, I, I agree with you on that. I do think – they had some injury luck, but if you think about it, the last three seasons, one of the big complaints has been, well, we've never the luck's had our- been more that they've got all these injuries and in it has <laughs> like it's like, oh, they just keep winning. Right. But it's it's not like the Grizzlies have had a season like the Kings had last year where they kept their mm-hmm. starting lineup for like something yeah. like seventy percent of available minutes. Like yeah. some insane it wasn't like they had great injury luck. It was just for the most part their I don't want to call them gambles because like it wasn't necessary, but like I guess at a certain point. I like, remember they were like so deep it was like oh well the
5: thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth spot we can we can use them on some projects like that was you you understood what they were doing because like they had like Kyle Anderson and DeAnthony Melton and
4: <laughs> you know and I mean uh, I think that's kind of the bigger question that I have right now Clark and okay. Adams and along these same lines. Till- when the, when, Tillman couldn't even get on the court. But, like, well, I mean, <laughs> Tillman was in South Haven to yeah. go get minutes to stay ready. I mean, and. We're uh, less than a year removed from that, by the way. Like, that was kind of the other thing. My wife and I were talking last night. It's like, you do feel bad at times being like. It feels like Xavier Tillman has kind of become like, they have to play Xavier Tillman. And it's like, on the one hand, it's like, I appreciate. and He's i tip been my, all right. Yeah, He's that's the right. thing. But at the same time, it's like. If he's your starting center, no, yeah, 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 that's the problem, and that bigs like, to the bigger question of when Ja comes back, mm-hmm. and when Santi comes back, and when Kennard comes back, is that team still good enough? I, I would
5: just yes, I, it's going to be a big because that is a legitimate question because that team that team lost in six games to the Lakers essentially. Yeah, right. I mean, you'd add Derrick Rose to the mix.
4: Well, instead Marcus, of Tyus Jones. You are subbing out and Marcus Dylan, Smart. You're subbing out Dylan, Dylan for Marcus Smart and Yeah, that's basically and yeah, you don't have Tyus. Maybe.
5: I mean, maybe. Yeah. I don't think I'd peg them in the upper tier of the Western Conference, but I could see a scenario where that team catches fire. You know, it could be a dark horse, but I think I think what we're seeing is that what when Ja comes back, they are going to have to play pretty darn well for those 50-some-odd games he's playing this year in order to make up for what I think is going to be a pretty rocky start here over the first 25 games.
4: All right, let's save the NFL trade deadline, Harden trade. We'll save that for the list because that way we've still got 25 minutes. When we come back with a list, we'll know everything that happened at the trade deadline. We'll get you all up to date on that, including – Mark's commanders making all the moves in the world. They've gone. Marlins. They've gone. Well, they've gone full NBA. Like <laughs> we are all all in on the trade deadline. But let's turn our attention to college football. We've got Tim Murray of VSN. He'll join us next. We'll talk college football playoff rankings as well as some games coming up this weekend. We'll do that next right here on Gianatto and Jeffrey, ninety FM, ESPN.
5: Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and
1: three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call
3: 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: It's a playoff rematch in Cleveland. I'm Joe Ostrowski here to help you beat the books with BetQL. The Knicks and Cavaliers face off for the first time since the Knicks won their first round playoff series last season. The number is moving towards New York. The Knicks now a three-point road favorite, but this could be the buy spot on the Cavs. BetQL has a Cavaliers plus three as a four-star best bet. I'm Joe Ostrowski. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL and BetMGM apps today.
0: At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day
3: at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Do you hear that? That's the sound of holiday joy at the Home Depot where you can find
1: everything you need to get ready for the holiday season like all new festive outdoor decor. Spread more joy this season with bigger, bolder, and brighter inflatables from the Home Depot like our exclusive new 8-foot animated Santa and Reindeer inflatable for just $149 available in-store and online. Oh. Get holiday ready right now at the Home Depot. How doers get more done.
0: My dad has a cold, but also has high blood pressure. That's why I got him Vicks Dayquil High Blood Pressure for max strength daytime relief. Unlike some ordinary cold medicines, it's specially formulated for people like my dad. Dayquil High Blood Pressure is sugar-free, alcohol-free, and decongestant-free. <sighs>
1: Vicks Dayquil High Blood Pressure. The daytime, non-drowsy, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, cold and flu for people with high blood pressure.
3: Like my dad.
1: Medicine use is directed.
3: At Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, it's time to define luxury in a new way. At every turn, you'll find audacious design, state-of-the-art technology, and exceptional hospitality. We are dedicated to crafting the world's best vehicles, matched by an extraordinary sales to service experience for our owners. Prepare to be noticed. In the 2023 Genesis G70, this sporty sedan is a force to be seen. We'd love you to explore the 2023 Genesis GV70 with a class-leading 300-horsepower engine or the available 375-horsepower twin-turbo V6 for terrains from concrete jungles to mountain roads. It's a new beginning for a new generation. Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, 1870 Covington Pike, or visit us online at memphisgenesis.com. Estimated horsepower based on premium fuel ratings. Use of regular fuel will result in reduced horsepower. See dealer for complete details. Dealer stock only.
0: Hi, Discover. It's Jennifer Coolidge. And I just want to thank you for the cash back on my groceries. No problem. Discover Cashback Debit gives everyone cash back. Anything else I can help with? Do you like asparagus sorbet?
3: Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. All 36 month lease, 650 acquisition fee,
1: Forte PE six seventy eight sixty fifty five MSRP 21610 Nero P5017859 MSRP 41,090 EV6 P5017859 MSRP 49687 includes all rebates and incentives. Must finance through Hyundai. Excludes tax, title, and license. See for complete details. Offer valid through 103123. With approved credit. Dealer stock only. Hey Jeff Allen, the weather's getting cooler, but the deals keep on getting hotter at Gossip Kia South. What you got going on, Jeff? Only the best deals you'll find on your new Kia, Randy. I've got 41 MPG highway in a new 2023 Kia Forte LXS, 229 a month, 29.99 do at signing. I've got EV action with a 2023 Nero EV Win SUV, 253 miles of EPA estimated range, 269 a month, 49.99 do it signing, and a 2023 Kia EV6 Win, 134 city, 101 highway MPGe, 399 a month, 49.99 do it signing, all 36 month lease. Plus a free charger with your EV purchase and Kia's 10-year, 100,000 mile powertrain limited warranty. So whether you live in Horn Lake, South Haven, Olive Branch, or Memphis, you'll be
5: happy, happy at Casa on Mount Moriah. It's game on at Samstown Hotel and Gambling Hall Tunica. Win big in their sports book, where you can join them on Saturday, November 11th to watch all the action in UFC 295. Win with your taste buds when you dine in one of their food venues like Willie and Jose's. Come play their newest slot machines, Coin Trio and Buffalo Strike. Be a winner any way you play and any time you stay. Only at Samstown Tunica. See Boyd Rewards for full details. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call
2: 1-888-777-9696.
0: This is Lauren Choate with Choate's Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. Choate's is offering some amazing specials for this month only. If you're considering upgrading your furnace before the cold weather comes, Choate's is offering $1,000 off a new carrier furnace. If you don't need a new furnace, Choate's is now offering its Early bird $60 furnace tune-up. This 22-point tune-up includes a free carbon monoxide test and heat exchanger inspection. And Choate's is your indoor air quality expert for the best quality air for you and your family it's recommended to have your air ducts cleaned every eight years this month only chose will install a free uv light system when you get your air ducts cleaned a 500 dollars value call us at 347-8086 to take advantage of these amazing deals so turn to the experts with choats and remember let our family serve your family
2: Get ready to start the NFL week off right, because right now all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay for Thursday night football. Just place a three-leg same-game parlay on this week's game, between the Titans and Steelers, and you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs built for you and FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. Visit FanDuel.com slash GabeK. That's my promo code, G-A-B-E-K, so you don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat same-game parlay on America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21-plus and present in Tennessee. Refund issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund is $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, call the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of GJ is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN.
5: Train to Poughkeepsie and Time stir.
4: Tim Murray is the host of VSIN Primetime, airing live weeknights from 5 until 8 p.m. locally. Of course, he's the host of VSIN's College Football Betting Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter, on at 1TimMurray.
1: Tim, what are you expecting tonight from the playoff rankings? One, um, pretty. Confident in that, um, and then outside of that, sorry, I, who, I, I, I potted you down. Who, who, you have who at was one, number sorry? one?
5: Yeah, that was uh, like a big sense of anticipation yes. there.
1: Oh, Ohio State.
5: Okay. Oh, okay. okay.
1: Yeah, pretty, pretty confident. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Wins over Notre Dame, wins over Penn State. Both those teams will be top twelve, probably. Maybe you know Notre Dame, I think will be top fifteen for sure. I think Penn State, good chance they're top ten. Georgia, Michigan have zero wins over ranked teams. Um, the, I think the interesting one is Florida State versus Washington because, you know, look, the committee will be vague no matter what. Uh, they never really fully, even over the years and years we've been doing this, have never given us understanding why teams are one way or the other. My guess is it goes Ohio State 1, Michigan 2, based off of dominance. They probably will cite, like, What's that like? Game, uh, game, control, game control, baby. Yeah, yeah. Game control. Georgia three. Uh, I think, I think Washington might be four because of the win over Oregon, and then Florida State five. The interesting one will be Oregon because they have the loss. They can cite game control being on the road, going for it on fourth down, yada yada yada. I, I think Oregon might like the the surprise to me would be is does Oregon end up in the, in the top 5 ahead of a, a undefeated like Florida State but Florida State's got to win over LSU so
5: yeah i don't i don't uh, so what you're telling me is that this committee is going to use different criteria to this justify different different rankings because yes yeah, cuz it's interesting to me i think we're going to get a good indication real quick how much the eye test is going to matter to this group because if Michigan's number 2 Tells me that this is a group that really favors the eye test. Because if you're basing it off of who, and I say this as a Michigan fan, like if the justification of Ohio State being number one over Georgia is that they beat Notre Dame and, and Penn, State. Penn State, I mean, Michigan probably isn't in the top four
1: if you're basing it off of who they beat. So Georgia's strength of schedule, based off a of Sagarin, is mm. actually worse than Michigan's. Mm. Well, you know, like you
5: don't just schedule ECU thinking ECU is going to be a featherweight. You know,
4: even by the the metrics that they're going to give, the metrics that they're going to give, because they they always use ESPN numbers to give the oh, committee. Okay. Georgia's at one hundred in strength of schedule, and Michigan's at one eleven. So it's not just that okay. big a deal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, my my that, prediction that, is they'll go. Georgia, they'll go Ohio
1: State one because I agree with you. They're gonna have the wins there. Yeah, I think they're gonna go Georgia two. I wouldn't be surprised. The only thing I am kind of confident in is that Ohio State's one, and if Ohio State's not one, then I am like, what are we doing? You know, because Ohio State did go on the road and beat Notre Dame. They beat Penn State. Pretty comfortably. I, I know they were fortunate to beat Notre Dame, but hey man, they, they got the win. Florida State was fortunate to beat Clemson, you know. So I think ultimately um the only thing I'm pretty confident in is that Ohio State's one. And that I I think Michigan, Georgia's 2 3, but if they really want to be a stickler about it, I think they could, you know, bump them back a little bit based off of strength of schedule. I would say this if the last two weeks didn't happen, I think Washington would be two. But the last two weeks have been yikes, right? Like in the rain should have lost to Arizona State who has two wins and then last week, 4233 didn't give it justice. like Stanford went for it on fourth down. the dude was wide open and just dropped the ball. They had a chance to lose to Stanford too. So I think once again they'll they'll cite game control and whatnot. I, I think here's my prediction if or if Oregon and Washington hadn't played, and Oregon had one loss. I think Oregon would have been higher than Washington, but they can't right now put undefeated Washington ahead or below a Oregon team with one loss who literally lost to Washington. So, see if do you, see if you agree with this. I'm honestly
4: less worried about the top four because I kind of think that it ends, all figure itself out. That figures itself out. What I'm actually interested in because normally. I, I kind of roll my – like, everyone gets all bent out of shape. You and I have talked oh, about this. Like don't start at, today. Oh, Cincinnati yeah. was at seven. It's like if you just – if you actually knew how college football worked, Cincinnati at seven was a great spot to be. Like, they they were going to have the way to play themselves into the top four. Lo and behold, that's what happened. Like, tip your cap. Like, that's, that's the way it worked. What I'm more interested in tonight is I want to see if they tip their hand in any way with these one-loss teams, how they mm-hmm. view leagues – Because if we are headed towards this scenario where we're going to have multiple arguments for who could be in the top four,
1: I'm more curious to know how they view the entire landscape. No, I think that's a great point. Because, you know, barring catastrophe, I think it's pretty safe to say Michigan-Ohio State winner is getting in. Yeah, that will sort itself out for the most part. Assuming they're undefeated, I think there's a good chance that the Michigan-Ohio State winner... Could be number one, though Georgia does get some help. That Missouri's gonna be ranked. Michigan's
5: got to be Penn State too. Yes. I don't think I don't think Michigan beating Ohio State but losing to Penn State. I don't know no. if that's going to
1: do it. Uh well I, then then we get into the uh, the, the Spider Man meme, right? And then who who gets in? Yeah, I mean, well, if, and, and Penn, if Michigan. If Penn State actually lost. getting.
4: We thought what, we thought one of the things that was going to matter was Penn State got Northwestern. And everyone was thinking
1: Northwestern was going to yeah, go. Yeah, they got four wins. Yes, and they've got conference wins. Yeah, they just beat Maryland last week. Shout out Terps. Um, yeah, so I, I haven't dove into. If Michigan loses to Penn State, we they got some. They are not as good as we thought. I agree. That yeah. Penn State team is, eh, like, they're fine. But it's, like, I don't it's know. It's
5: gonna. Well, I don't know. Will it be a night game in Happy Valley? No, a night it's a game? noon. No. Noon Eastern. Oh, they announced a noon. Uh, yeah, I like, a I like new Michigan in noon. I, I
4: like the earlier the better in Happy Valley. Every time I see Penn State play, and I watched way too much of that Indiana game, I just keep finding myself thinking, like, if this team just had Trace McSorley, I'd believe in them a lot more. But I do not have the Drew Ayler gene.
1: Mm. But I, yeah, I think back to your initial point, Jeffrey, of – the other one-loss teams. like Where is the Big 12 stack up versus the Pac-12? Because I think that's what we're kind of coming to, is as long as Florida State doesn't trip up, they're in. The winner of Michigan-Ohio State is going to be in. And even if Penn State figured out a way to get into the, I think the Big 10 is going to have the champion in. I think it's pretty safe to say the SEC is going to have the champion in, even though if LSU somehow beats Georgia with two losses. Do they get in? We'll get there if we cross that road this weekend when they play Alabama. I mean, I I think ultimately it comes down to Pac-12 champ versus Big 12 champ, and Oklahoma losing this weekend to Kansas really put the Big 12, I think, in a tricky spot. Texas has one loss to Oklahoma. They play Kansas State this weekend. Pretty short line there. Malik Murphy's the starting quarterback. He didn't look great against BYU. You know, I think the Big 12, you know, all all year, and I was guilty of it, we talked about how the Pac-12 was going to eat itself. The way Oregon's playing right now, I would be pretty surprised if they dropped a regular season game. I guess they could drop the Civil War, but they're at home against Oregon State last week of the year. And if Oregon goes into the Pac-12 championship with one loss, they're getting in if they win that Pac-12 championship. And then Washington with... Let's say Washington loses this weekend to USC, which I think is very possible. Let's say Washington goes to the Pac-12 championship with one loss. I think that's a quarterfinal game. I think the conference is going to be looked at in that high regard, because the bottom of the Big 12 stinks.
4: Yeah, my only concern with Oregon is... I like Dan Lanning. like I would be perfectly fine with him running my program. I worry about, in games where i worry about him making decisions that like coach them out of it because i feel like far too often he essentially plays like an underdog and it's like you're not an underdog you have the better team like that that's my only concern it's called analytics jeffrey yeah right. Mar- i've i've made the point to mark like analy- We've jumped
5: the, it's gone too far it's because well, these guys are acting way, like idiots it gives you a sheet
4: of paper tells them it's okay well
5: and and also, this, it also it uh, you all cover. This,
1: yeah. all this uh oregon loss talk doesn't make me happy okay you're talking to the guy that after they lost to washington took a 30 to 1 flyer on bow next to win the heisman and he's down to like five to one so uh let's go ducks quack quack i mean look at the schedule i
4: i agree with you. Here, i think they look like the on, best team
1: from here the on out in the regular season they will be a significant favorite in every single game right home to cal this week Home to USC the following week at Arizona State forks up. Thanks for getting me that dub last week. And then home to Oregon State, which we know won't be easy, but you got the revenge factor and all of that. And I think Oregon State has shown they've got some warts, unfortunately, for you know, a win total that I have that I'm now sweating a little bit with over eight. But I would be pretty surprised, and it's college football, anything can happen, but I would be pretty surprised if they dropped one of their last four games, just the way that schedule shapes up. Can I can I make a prediction? Sure. Big 12 championship
5: game, not going to be Oklahoma-Texas.
1: Uh, if Oklahoma State wins this weekend in Bedlam at home with Ollie Gordon, who keeps running for a million yards each, one of every them game. might get there.
5: I don't know if both of them get there.
1: Well, I hope Texas does because once again, <laughs> I, I care about my bets more than anything. Um, but uh,
5: have you seen how many four and one? T- Kansas State's four and one in league yep. play. Iowa State. Matt Iowa Campbell State back. Is. That guy shouted at Matt Campbell running off the field, telling him he was on the hot seat. And he went and won three in a nice four and one Neighbor in the Neighbor Nick is
1: so confused this week because I, I was thinking the same thing. Neighbor Nick goes, but Gundy, Kansas, don't forget about Gundy. I know. They're four and one. Team who got smoked by South Alabama is now, I believe, controls its own destiny to make it to the Big 12. Look at Oklahoma State's schedule. They play. They play Oklahoma this week, where they're a dog, about six point dog uh, at home. They yeah, got an. It's you, UCF, Houston, it's Houston newcomer, BYU, newcomer. They've got three newcomers. And I don't know if you kept up with the, I don't know if you've yeah, kept up with the newcomers. Well, they're not doing well, but like the, much like
5: yeah, much like some of the CUSA teams in uh, in the AAC. Yeah, They've uh, struggled if, with the transition. If
1: Oklahoma State upsets Oklahoma this weekend in the final game of Bedlam, so it's gonna be wacky. The Pokes have a really good shot to make it to the Big 12 Championship game, which I speak for all college football fans, no, please no. <laughs> Cuz they are they are not a fun team to watch. Outside of Ollie Gordon who's an absolute beast, that dude is incredible. No, they're the the
4: ultimate example of I give them credit for finally embracing like an identity. Like they they're sticking with Bowman, they're running the football, like they know what their identity is but you're 100% right. They are literally like watching Iowa State play. Is, here's,
5: here's one for you. Is this the year? We're not even thinking about it. Is this the year Gundy finally goes
4: somewhere else? Arkansas? I don't know. Are you, are you Tim, we've been talking about it a little bit like the D-boom last couple Pickens is no longer alive. There's been a little too much. It's a little too quiet on the western front, if you will, in the coaching carousel.
1: It is pretty quiet. Does it feel like it could get a little nutty? I'm just trying to figure out who the big. What's the big job, right? So we. So know here's Mi- what I'm Michigan curious State's about. It's
4: open. It's not necessarily big jobs. What I think will be interesting is: Are we going to start to see some of these coaches that have had good good gigs in these lower conferences that are going to be willing to go take the mid tier SEC Big Ten job because of money, whatnot, stability, in the future, yeah. and and I am very very curious to see if guys like. Mark Stoops, who's starting now to, you know, now that he's making $9 million, his fan base is getting a little agitated, despite yep. the fact that, like, he's doing, he's maximized that job. How's it's, Dabo doing? He's pretty calm, right? Yeah, no, that's, I mean, I I mentioned that, I mentioned him, like, <laughs> does he not make perfect <laughs> sense? That, if, that if,
3: rant if, was
1: amazing. Does Mr. he not <laughs> make
4: perfect sense at a, I don't know, maybe a place that might have some cult-like tendencies? I don't know, maybe Texas A&M? Uh...
1: That'd be something. Yeah. Like, if you just want to get it, you know what I mean? I'll tell you what. If Texas A&M fires Jimbo, there's a little too much groupthink. Like, well, yeah, Mike Elko, he was the coordinator. Uh, Do you know how much money they have? Like, they're going – I mean, they went and got Jimbo. And while you may say whatever you want about Jimbo, the dude won a national title at Florida State. They went big game hunting to get him. They ain't gonna be like, yeah, let's go get the Duke guy who's coached for two years and was our D coordinator. They're gonna like that'll be their seventh option. Like they're gonna try to get somebody big. And to your point, Jeffrey, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's the big domino. You're like, wait, uh, I don't know. Dabo's going to Texas A and M. Something big. I could see that. Something big is going to happen in this carousel because you're right. Like you look around, you're like, all right. Arkansas is going to be open. Does that really move the needle? Um, I mean, look, what was it? Two years ago, we had LSU Tech, was Texas? No, Texas. It was LSU Notre Dame because they took Brian Kelly. Um, no,
4: Sark was the year before. Your your Sark Sark was the year yeah. that Sark was because
5: the, they. There weighed, was that year well, it didn't when go LSU super
4: crazy because
5: Notre Dame promoted from within. It could have oh, gone no, real no, no. crazy. That
1: you, that carousel was if Notre Link, Dame had hired Lincoln, someone else. Lincoln, Lincoln to left USC. Oklahoma for USC. Yeah. Venables went to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, LSU got Kelly, and Notre Dame hired from within. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it could get a little nutty. I, I I would say so. But you know, back to what I was saying. Uh, neighbor Nick, man, his eyes are are widening this week. He's like, "Wait, Kansas just beat Oklahoma. Now they're an underdog to Iowa State." Hey, hey Matt, this is this is Matt Campbell's specialty. Yeah, but it, also
4: it's not that Kansas beat Oklahoma. What I couldn't believe, and I didn't touch the game.
1: What I, I, I couldn't believe I though be is dog.
4: Kansas beat Oklahoma with two fourth quarter interceptions. Like that was what blew me away. It was like they were not making the play. That 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 was what I, I kind of like. But like to your point, which of these games, which of these games stinks the most? Notre Dame, Clemson.
1: Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I was Notre, looking at
4: that. Here are my options: it's A and M, Ole Miss, because A and M's bad on the road. Ole Miss is pretty good at home under Kiffin. Notre Dame, Clemson, both are three point lines. Mm. Then we have Washington minus three and a half at USC. USC fresh off a. Uh, Shout out to the officials. I live bet the hell out of that game.